semi-pre-planned conversational one-man podcast well slightly inebriated after a long shift at uh, your day job uh, so um two weeks it's been an interesting couple of weeks and i just wanted to talk about what had happened in the last couple of weeks and uh Trying to figure out why it is that this microphone does not record at a high volume. At least not anymore. I think it's just the PC or the laptop I'm using. But, you know, it seems to just immediately just neuter any power any audio equipment has uh, every time they get connected to it. So eventually I'll buy a PC, a proper desktop PC that, you know, is is to the specs I want, but this will have to make do, and you'll have to just crane your ears. So, um, I uh, attended EGX Res 2017 at London Docks, and uh, yes, it was um, a case of just getting back onto the horse, you know, and riding it around all the people over and over again in a circle until I. Slowly lost the will to live. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I wanted to attend this event this year as a sort of, like I say, getting back on the horse vibe. Because the last time I attended anything was uh, Eurogamer, or the first year it was known as EGX, and before the main EGX toddled up to the north in Brummy land and uh, made it physically really hard for me to get there. Um, not that I had planned to. After the, what was my fifth or sixth Eurogamer EGX event, um, I felt detached. But not from the medium or the media that it was there to represent for. Um, to aid as a marketing tool for, but just the whole thing. I have issues with the idea of conventions and expos as it is, but at that point, I just felt like like I want to celebrate these art forms and these pieces of media because I love them. And I love the the medium more than I love any other types of art. But the only option I have is the one that's presented to me. And it's the same as every other event. And it's the same sort of obnoxious loudness. And if you don't like this, you're not really enjoying it properly. And uh, come and look at our game. It's brand new. Here, here, put on some headphones if they work. And there's some other noise going on behind you. And, Hey, you guys over there, jump up and down, wave your arms in the air if you want a free t-shirt. And everybody scream and run around and blah, blah, blah. And there's everything going on for once. And there's noise everywhere and just everywhere. And it's all drowning you out. And and it's not actually a moment to just stop and enjoy the, the medium and the, the works themselves. And it's oppressive and intimidating and you're surrounded by people who aren't bad people, but and I'm I'm mainly talking about attendees because most of the people who work in development and creation are a lot similar to each other. They're more sensitive, 
At least I believe so, you know. There's similarities that tie us all together. We go into creating things because we want to express something, or we have a story we want to tell, or an image we want to make put out into the world. Sometimes it's just a fun idea, or something for fun or entertainment. Other times it's a message, or a vibe, or a feeling. We want people to be able to experience it. And when it comes to video games, whether we admit it openly, overly or not, on the whole, 99% of the time, unless it's a multiplayer-aimed uh, experience, and even then, it's probably best you're wearing headphones and secluded from as many people as possible so you can be at your most concentrated and... and in touch with the game because you can hear better and you can tell what's going on around you better if it's a 3D space game obviously something like Street Fighter on a 2D plane less reliant on the audio but still audio is a vital component in the multiplayer competitive experience unless it's a multiplayer game on the whole People want you to actually experience it to its absolute depth. You know, that you, you don't have people working, individuals or groups, working on audio soundscapes and visual styles and aesthetics and hidden Easter eggs and, and in-depth narratives and long-form or short-form experiences just for you to half pay attention to them all kind of use this while you're talking to your friend and some other things being played right next to you that's twice as loud, it, you know, you're not getting to experience. So I I felt pressured at that event. And the, the truly disappointing thing that we seem to be incapable of disconnecting the notion of the issues within our culture. And I don't mean our culture in the sense of the video game culture but I also do you know but there's a lot of buts in this one it's all about being loud and overbearing sometimes obnoxious and it's fun though, so if you're not doing that or you're complaining about it, you must just not want us to have fun. And it's the one major problem, video games as a marketed thing and, and people who attend big events like an expo or you know, any similar events like that. It's one big problem we all have is exclusionary experiences or deliberately exclusionary experiences the, the the things in our culture that say if you can't do it the way the game says you have to if it's too hard or whatever and you're not quite good enough then get better or you know you're just a noob and it's like what is it anybody else's business how good I am at something I mean if this thing is if, if a game say the Last of Us, for example, has a long-form, in-depth narrative it wants to tell to people. The creators, I would assume, want you to see the entirety of that experience. But for us to be going, oh, you're not good enough at the action or the stealth or whatever parts of it, you keep dying, or just give up. It's only for us anyway, you're not good enough. And I'm just always kind of stuck in my core. And that's just kind of something that seems to be embedded in it. Maybe I just start seeing more of that than all the other positives that were happening at big events. But you know, stuff like giving away t-shirts and goods and seeing people more interested in getting freebies than actually looking at the stuff that's there and really engaging with it and with it. I mean... I'm not under the illusions that, that an event run by Eurogamer where people are like developers or publishers more aptly are encouraged to attend and bring games that are being developed to display and show on 
treat this to an extent as a marketing experience. It's targeting people to you know, become interested and buy things. But it makes me sad that the experiences on show don't actually get to be experienced, if only in short amounts. I mean, we get bits of them, but it's fragmented, it's disrupted. And then we surround it with all the other stuff that we think we need. Shops that sell gaudy t-shirts, replicas that aren't very good quality of characters from games, and the, the disease that is Funko Pops. That's, that's probably worse now, actually, because now it's almost exclusively Funko Pops. Funko Pops and not very good quality t-shirts. Not to say people like Insert Coin aren't producing quality merchandise, but there's always multiple stands, and there's always some cheaper version of a type of game represented, and it's never truly amazing quality. And, and there's a weird disconnect as well between the idea of, oh, I've got a logo for Call of Duty in my chest, I love video games, and, and just kind of doesn't have any real connection at all to to why or what or even your motivations for loving the series it represents it's just I'm becoming jaded I think more jaded but this year after about four years, three, four years I wanted to reattend because I'm trying, you know I've spent too many years since 99 trying to get into the, the idea of talking about video games on a respectable, if not professional, level. I think, to an extent, I'm a known quantity, if only as an irritant or infamous in my perseverance and inabilities. <laughs> but I'm trying. I want to do something. I record this podcast because I want to talk about something. Because I seem to be incapable of writing properly anymore. I could barely write to begin with. So I attend EGX Rest. I get a press pass because I'm doing occasional bits of writing for a, a website based out of um, Australia. I can't remember exactly which city because I forget everything all the time nowadays. And I'm slightly tipsy. And I, I attend on the Thursday and the Saturday. And it's a fuck fest just trying to get there because um, my girlfriend's coming with me on the Thursday because we think it's the quiet day. And so we book Thursday tickets, but we forget we've booked Thursday tickets and we assume we're going Friday. And then we find out we don't have the money to go Thursday because she's being paid Friday, so we assume we're going to have the money to go Friday, but we don't have any money for Friday, so we've got no money on Thursday and we're going to get money Friday, but it's pointless Friday because we can't go. So I have to sell several video games to get the money for her to travel so we can get our tickets in. And she's paid money for her ticket. I'm the kind of wanky guy who just manages to figure out a way to fluke people into believing for five seconds that he occasionally writes about stuff. Ironically, I desperately want to, and I do try to. I'm no good, like I say, but feels like I'm a faker more than most people probably feel like they're fakers because in most people's eyes, I probably am one. But anyway, we go. Finally. I sell things, we get to go. And I believe she has a good time. And it starts what is an extra long week and a half, two weeks, of me having a good time. I don't really have a major good time at the expo. I mean, I get to see a few games. Um, ones that I'd had my eyes on for a while and ones that I'd heard about but not really noticed before like uh, Pocket Rumble which is glorious reimagining and um, representation of Neo Geo Pocket or Neo Geo Pocket Color fighting games um, most directly the best example is that it's a reflection of the SNK Capcom fighting game that was put out on the pocket, uh, Neo Geo Pocket device. And it's perfect in its emulation of that visual style and its limited 
you know, controls. But it also happens to do what a dive kick does, which is to steal the purity of a, a well-balanced 2D fighter and give you absolute depth and control of simplicity. Every character seems to have the same moveset, more or less. Different moves, but the same button combinations to do them. And it's fast, and it's flowing, and it's entertaining, and there's hidden depth to the moves, and everybody's got slight tweaks in their character controls, you know. And I, I can't stop thinking about it. Every time I walk around past it, I find myself staring at it and just watching, watching other people play. And I'm still awkward that people show this guy is there, and he's say, like, do you want to play? And I'm like, yeah. And quietly inside, I'm screaming, yes, all day long, please let me play this. Take it home. I want to take it home now. And I can't, because I'm just incapable of communicating with other human beings without freaking out inside my brain. So the other half plays instead. And she loves it, or smiths immediately, but, you know, mainly because she wins the first fight she has. And we see it again upstairs on the computers upstairs, uh, the PC version, and it's got a PS4 controller attached, but it turns out it's not going to be on PS4, which is the biggest disappointment, because, as you can tell from the PC I'm recording on, the terrible quality of audio, I haven't got a very good PC. So the desire to play it on PC would be great, but it wouldn't run properly. It just, it'd just be one frame a second. And, you know, if it was running, it would be gorgeous, because despite the fact that it's got this stripped-down visual style, the, the animation is just amazing in some frames. You see tentacles coming out and smooth move motions and animations coming out. And, oh, I cannot stop thinking about how gorgeous that game looked in its simplicity. And I want it. I want it like last week. But I can't just play that because I've come here to look at Ooblets because <laughs> we've both been thinking about Ooblets since I showed it to to uh, a few weeks ago. And I spend the entire first day trying to play Ooblets and so does she. We fail miserably, even though it's the quietest day because some people are pushy and there's loads of people and we feel awkward with people. At least I do. But we do manage to play ukulele, which I'll come back to later. And the new Sonic, the 2D one, not the 3D, but featuring the 2D Sonic one that's coming out soon. Because that wasn't there. And it's the only uh, only games that aren't indie games there is, is stuff from Sega and the whole. So we, we play that, and that's all right. And the, the stage I play is Green Hill Zone reimagined, and it's got that two-headed, uh, two-balled... Um, Robotnik robot boss fight at the end that has been in most of the trailers. And it's perfectly fine. I mean, Sonic doesn't look up the same way he used to, but it's as close as you can get to the classic Sonic games without ruining them. Um, or it's a 2D Sonic that goes back to the, cl the classic Sonic games and adds to them without damaging that memory. Um, because the problem with Sonic Hedgehog 4 most people, at least people who actually played Sonic back in the day and were somewhat fans of the, the games, is uh, it just took forever to get going. And I say that in that way because that's more or less how fast it goes. But um, this one just it just runs smoothly. It's just a smooth, relatively fun Sonic game. So I get to play that a little bit. I'm okay. I'm, I'm not hyper excited about it. But, um, and then the last game I play on that day is Dad Quest, and I am blown away by Dad Quest. It's hilarious. Every every last second, there's there's a line here from one character or another that's just just over and over again. Funny, 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 funny. Yeah. Um, one-liners and, and plays on words and weird recurring jokes about pigeons. Um, and, that, and you have to, you have to, you're you're being assigned the job of dad for the sake of this potentially evil corporation, and you're you're assigned a random child, boy or girl, you get to choose. But it's just a just a what looks to be a six-year-old boy or, or girl, 
you just carry them under your arm and you're, you're there to train them to become the ultimate weapon and and in that sake you just treat them like a rugby ball and smack enemies over the head with them or chuck them into boxes and they're just there just standing there just taking it and the whole thing is ridiculous and hilarious and seems to be branching out into some sort of metroidvania-esque open world-ish platformer where you're obtaining new skills by leveling up your child by using them as a weapon or tossing them around and when they level up they get new clothes for no reason whatsoever they get a Instead of just being a little boy with a t-shirt on, he's suddenly a little boy with a, a cap on, like the archetypal little boy you get in most American uh, information films or you see on The Simpsons, little Jimmy, you know. And it, it's, it's, I just, I walked away thinking that was more or less my game of the day, or the weekend. Um, and I want to play all three of, three of those games again. I do. Um, there was a couple others. One. I forget the name of that involved three characters running away from a storm, like this uh, metaphorical monstrous storm with a mouth and a sinister smile that's trying to eat them and destroying the world at the same time. It's like this sort of fast-paced action platformer. Um, and then there were a few other titles there, but you know, on the whole, the experience was good. And then I go on the third day and just go by myself. Um, well, uh, the other half, she goes into London and visits all the museums. And I find myself thinking, also the entire time, I wish I'd gone to the museums because I would have liked to go to the museums. And there's not a lot more for me to see. I I get round and I eventually play Ublitz and I sit down and I spend about twenty minutes waiting to play Ublitz. I stand there listening to somebody who isn't the developer but who's standing by it, um, who is there looking after the 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 games on show in the Double Fine booth talking about certain aspects of the game and the developer or the lead developer on the title how she's not very tall and uh, how she's doing the dances in their new capture studio and because she's so short that they have to expand out the data so that it fits the full-bodied people in the game and it looks really weird and that's funny you know, it's got the, there's charm in the game you can see it's coming from people behind it. And uh, I stand there listening to him talking to somebody else. Uh, some guy in a flat cap. And these two kids are there. Uh, they can't be more than 13, 14. And they're playing the game. And it's a mix between Pokemon sort of battle game and uh, Harvest Moon Farming Simulator. At least that's how it's pitched when I'm standing there. And they're in the farming segment of this demo and busily chuckling to each other while one of them digs a cock on the floor via the soil. Just makes a pattern of a penis and plants some seeds into it. And then they turn around and they go, do you want to play? And then immediately the guy in the flat cap who was there five minutes after I was there so yeah, sure, grabs the controller, sits down. And I just raise my hands and look around like, but... I was here for ages. I really want to play this game. I want to play this game so badly. I've bitten into my hand from joy. Like every moment I'm seeing this game, it's making me bite hard down onto my fingers because I just can't hold it in how much I love how this looks. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's that's the way it always goes, right? It's always the loud, pushy, or you know slightly aggressive people who get the chance to do everything. If you're patient and quiet and polite and shy, you don't get to. For real shy, obviously. Not the people who go on the internet and say they're shy and they have problems or they're difficult. And then actually you meet them in, in public and they've got tons of people coming up to them talking to them and they're boisterous and they're, they're wearing really cool clothes or they have money. They're actually successful. Yeah. I don't hate them or anything, don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying they're faking it, don't get me wrong. You know, I don't want to sound like I actually am saying that. But uh, it feels like it feels like people often say, oh yes, I, I, I have problems with this, or I'm uncomfortable there, or social situations are hard. Because to them, they are. It's like that old thing where somebody sees a film 
and everybody else who's seen a lot of films say, oh fucking hell, that film was shit, wasn't it? And they say, I fucking love that film. And it's not because they're wrong. It's just their experiences dictated them that, that that film may actually be the best film they've ever seen, even if it's one of the worst films ever made. It's just the point of references to them that this is this is the best thing I've ever seen. Because it might literally be true. It might literally be the best thing they they personally have ever seen. So in that case, the people who push in front of me at these expos who, in their everyday lives wouldn't do that to anybody else because in their everyday lives they really are that shy. They are the shyest person in the room. It's just the room they're in is full of relatively outgoing people and they're just the shyest person amongst them. So I don't stand there thinking, oh, there's some sort of faking going on. People here are, aren't as uncomfortable as they say they are. It's just, I'm so much worse. <laughs> I don't say that in a sort of boasting or trying to compete sense. I just stand there and my entire insides are like, I'm going to have to interact with somebody any second now. I'm dying inside. And as I'm just screaming every time somebody comes up and talks to me. In real life, any part of real life. At my day job, I have to stand behind the till and talk to people every day. Multiple hours a day, multiple times an hour. And I'm constantly screaming inside. Because I, I just can't handle it. But, you know, you fake it as best you can. You go into a sort of robotic mode and you get through. So I'm standing there and this guy's jumped in and I'm trying to communicate with the person who's looking after the game and I, I turn to him and I can't get the words out because I'm both shocked, disappointed and me. And he just goes, oh, I don't, it's not my game. And then disappears. And I'm standing there like... I, 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 Oh well, okay, uh, I'll wait a bit longer. Now eventually this guy who jumped in, who stops for a split second to turn to the person who isn't developing the game and tell them, I'm so glad this game is coming out because I have a four-year-old daughter and uh, oh, this, this is a great representation of real women in the game because they aren't some sort of, you know, weird representation of women like video game women. They're real women or awkward-looking women. And uh, I, I believe that the comment is well-meaning, but it comes across as slightly sucky-yucky. Maybe, again, maybe I'm just jaded. I don't really mean to be mean. I mean, he's right. I mean, the characters in the game do look really natural and nice and entertaining and, and human. And I enjoy the game partly because of that, too. They're also ridiculous and over the top and constantly dancing and brightly coloured and squishy and blobby like clay or, or, or more like marshmallows. You know, everybody feels like they, you want to give them a squeeze because they're made of marshmallows. Anyway, so I'm standing there watching him play. And he, he's spent time talking to the person he thought was a developer, but no, it wasn't in the end to the point of giving them a nice compliment about the game and he gets to sit down with the game and about a third of the way through he stands up moves to the game right next to him plays that instead and just leaves it sitting there so I get on immediately because this is my chance and nobody else seems to be wanting to be playing it I sit down I put the headphones on because nobody else is using them and so it's probably safe to put them on my ears and I, I play it from beginning to end and I enjoy it except that's the ideal world my dream world instead what happens is the game crashes on me sort of it hits some sort of weird glitch where it refuses to accept that I've done the thing that the tutorial is trying to tell me that I should do while I'm doing the farming section of the tutorial tutorial so I'm I'm there and I'm jabbing on every button and option I can find. I'm going through the menus, and it still refuses to believe I've done the thing that it's asking me to do, even though I definitely did the thing. So I'm 
looking around and I'm like, okay, uh, I'll push the start option. And I, I go to reset the demo. Except I don't select reset, I accidentally select exit. And it immediately goes to the PC's desktop. I sit there, blinking at the desktop, looking like the stupidest person in town. The person who couldn't play a game on a controller properly at an expo. Because... Uh, and I'm awkward, panicking, and screaming twice as loud in my head. And there's somebody I recognise from my right. Let's check for a sec. From Double Fine. And he's, he's sat and he's looking at his phone, he's scrolling, probably looking at Twitter or something. And he's leaning there. And he's the only person around I know who definitely works at Double Fine. And I'm looking at this PC screen, and nobody else has noticed I've fucked it up. Although it helped me along the way, don't get me wrong. And he's sat there looking at his, his phone, and I'm thinking, I have no idea what to do, and I cannot talk to this man. Because he he he's recognisable and probably has some sway somewhere, and it's it's completely ridiculous. But I'm stand, I just quietly stand up, step back, and look around in the hope that the guy who walked away, who was keeping an eye on things, comes back, or that maybe he notices and maybe just walks over and opens it up and reboots it. And nothing happens for a good five minutes. And I feel worse and worse and worse. And then I have to be the guy who slowly walks away after breaking a demo at an expo. Ugh. I mean, I had to be that one guy. It had to be me, didn't it? Who, who went and played the game he wanted to play the most. And had it broke twice so that nobody else could play it. It's, it's your... Oh. <laughs> Eventually, I did play it again, um, from beginning to end, at the Idea Xbox section of the Rest Expo. Um, this time, I assume, on a mock-up Xbox One, but um, instead probably a PC behind a panel. And it's the same demo, but, you know, I, I enjoy sitting down and getting to play it. And I play a few other games while I'm there, but... You know, it is the one I, I've had waited for for ages, and I just can't wait to play it again. So. It's one that's going to take a while. 2018 is coming out, but it's also one that deserves a long time period of playing. Demos, at least this demo was not intensive or experience reflective. It was just a cute demo that told you how the game generally plays. But I'm there at the expo and I'm walking around. I'm looking for a couple of recognisable faces, uh, people I interact with on Twitter or other social networks, or have, you know, interact with via old podcasts and things. And the people on my timelines who follow me or who I follow, who I again have interacted before, I know are there, and I don't see anyone. Nobody comes looking for me or message me back on any like network. At all, because I I feel like nobody wants to, quite frankly. But maybe that's just the voice in my head going, yeah, and nobody wants to know you. you know. It, it's probably best if you just never go out again. So I, I wander around. I noticed the guys from outside outside Xbox, who I nodded at on Twitter a few weeks back, and they said they were going to a few months back now. The main EGX in Drummy. And uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll try and get to the London one. I'll say hi. And they gave me a polite nod on Twitter. Well, I assume it's Jane because it seems to be her who runs the outside Xbox Twitter official account most. I'm sure multiple people use it. And. Uh, I've been friendly with a couple of them a couple of times on the, online, so I've always thought, oh, along with a few other people, I'd, I'd want to go up and meet them. Yeah. Johnny Chiodini from Eurogamer, former 
GameSpot UK and people from smaller websites and other well-known outlets, you know, if you happen to see them or you recognise them, I always told myself, you know, yeah, I, you know, I should start not being a coward and actually shaking people's hands. And I didn't see anyone except them. And I thought, uh, I'll go back later when it's quieter. And they're there, and I, I have to pass a few times because I'm going from game to game and room to room. And I realised that they're there for about four hours, standing at the bottom of these stairs, saying hi to loads of people. And it, it dawns on me that they are just staying in one place while a queue is forming. And this is a queue of people who've seen them, the individuals involved as a group, as their YouTube personas, essentially, or the channel that they, they put out their content to. And I I just don't bring myself to go up to them. Because, one, I hate queuing, especially the length of the queue of people that are there. Two, I feel deadly awkward around people as it is. Three, I'd probably walk up to them after all that queuing and waiting, having missed out the chance to do all those other things I had to do for the purposes of my visit. And tired, and I'd probably look and smell bad, and I'd say something stupid to them, just like I'd say something stupid to anybody else I happen to meet, and make an embarrassment of myself, because every time I communicate with people in a one-on-one or one on five in this case scenario I just go <laughs> and they'll blink at me like I'm somebody who clearly has worse mental health conditions than even I really do which I'll get into another time maybe the, the paranoia and shyness and crushing disappointment of my life and my position in the world are part of their mental health problems Probably they are. Anyway, I see them there, and I. Uh, the other thing that hits me is there are people queuing to talk to people. And these are people I've interacted with. They're friendly, nice, good, talented people. But there are people I wanted to meet, but not after queuing like they're some sort of attraction. They're people. I don't like the notion of treating people like an attraction. They're people. So I just don't feel comfortable with doing that. Because this isn't a zoo. They aren't part of a circus. They're, yes, far more talented, intelligent, and capable people than I am, but they're still definitely nice humans who I'd like to meet one day. Like Say hi, shake hands, talk for five minutes maybe, but in a natural sort of situation where you have to cross paths or where one of them... Just chat with me on Twitter, and I say, "Hey, you want to say hi?" And we meet for five minutes, have a nice half-hour talk, and then we say hi again ten years from now, having to be friendly online. I mean, I don't want to treat people as something other than what they are. And I, I know it's because there's success there, but it feels odd. It just feels incredibly odd. I go to a games expo to see games and experience them properly and I, I don't feel like I get too properly. And you go there maybe to meet people and the only people there I know, even vaguely, have a queuing system set up in front of them. And like I say, I feel awkward as it is, let alone queuing to meet people who I'm vaguely distantly friendly with. Now, I wouldn't be recognisable to them because it's the internet. I just look like a blobby sort of freaky man thing. So I just walk away or I go off and play some more games or look at things on stands. Ironically, I thought I had an alright time at this, at this event. You know, it was just a warming up to see how I'd feel about going to others. I planned to go to the next MCN Expo, Comic Con, London. And I plan to go to EGX Rest next year and EGX in Drummy. But I'm still not 100% there yet. And time's running away because I want to get into writing and talking about games and things like that. But, you know, it feels awkward. The next day, 
on the Sunday, as it is over, and I'm back in the UK, or the rest of the UK, because London's another place compared to the rest of the country. And I have to go to Lewis to pick up my daughter. She's 12 now, but she's built like a 50-year-old Russian bear wrestler. She's Zangief, essentially. All right, that's, that's not true. She's just a shy bit shorter than me, but on her birth, she was 10 pounds, 10 and a half. And they said she was extra long and extra tall and extra big. And they predicted that the doctors only predicted she would be 6'5 or something along those lines. So she's taller than my girlfriend is already at 12. And she's stronger and broader. So she's this big girl who I love. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this to say, oh God, she's a disappointment to me. She's not small enough. She's lovely. It's one of the few things I managed to do right, or try to do right. If she, if I'd done it right, she'd be living with me. But, say the she gets to come and visit. So we, we have a long visit. It's been a couple of years since we've had an extended visit, and I want to do something nice. So, that Sunday happens to be the Sunday for WrestleMania, and we stay up together, and we watch WrestleMania till 4am, which is far later than I expected, because it overruns and they have extra matches and yeah, blah blah blah. If you like wrestling, you know, you probably like it for different reasons than I do. But fair play to you. I hope you get as much entertainment as fun out of it as you should do. And she likes wrestling. She always used to talk about being a female wrestler, which is a women's wrestler. Which is appropriate because she's such a big girl. She would be amazing. And we have a wrestling school around the corner, a professional wrestling school. So I happened to take her over and near there a few days later and point it out. And she's immediately dismissive because she's like me, terrified on the inside of everything. Despite her size, she's been bullied at school and she showed me a massive bruise somebody had given her on her arm. Another girl. She's not good enough, just like I wasn't. This makes me sad. But the bruise is ginormous. And this girl is probably half her size. And this makes me even sadder because... And prouder, don't get me wrong. Because she's so strong. But I assume inside she's like me. Terrified that she'll hurt someone. I'm not big and strong. I'm just scared of hurting people. But... Because I'm coward in the sense of emotions. I don't want to upset people and have them upset with me. I'd feel terrible for ages if I made somebody else cry, which I sadly do more often than I'd like. Anyway, we sit and watch WrestleMania and watch the pre-show and this overly long event that, oddly enough, had worse and better matches than last year's. I mean, the event overall was much better than last year's, but the f- matches on the whole were equally, almost universally bland. At least last year, the Roman Reigns Triple H match was so bad, everybody grouped together to s- just deride it as much as possible. This year, Roman Reigns has booed far more, only because he's being used still in the main events, and he is the person they put in front to see off one of the greatest performers of all time, or in many people's eyes. I mean, he's The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, is indeed a fantastic performer, but as a professional wrestler, he's not the best of all time, obviously. And in the last few years, he's not being at his best, because age and injury gets to everyone, especially professional wrestlers. So I feel underwhelmed at the end of that match and the end of the entire event. Women's matches see the right outcomes, but they don't have nearly as much time to breathe as last year's women's match, which was amazing but had a terrible ending. It seems uh, professional wrestling is in a weird renaissance at the moment with me and with the general populace, but it still doesn't 
really know what it should be doing. Now, NXT TakeOver a few days before, which I also took the time to watch, was definitely worth watching. But WrestleMania? Yeah. Just left me wanting, really. After that, we spent the week traveling to the local animal park and looking at uh, meerkats and mongooses and uh, wallabies and um, tiny owls and tarantulas and stick insects and all sorts of fantastic animals. And the parks had a renovation, so it was the first chance I got to took her, take her, took her. What's that? I'm, I have been dreaming too much. It is late. It's one forty-one a.m. Thank you. So she has a great time there. She starts out a bit sad, but um, she's always been introverted in that sense. And when she's upset, she takes it out on people closest to her. But she doesn't mean it. It's for show to an extent, for attention. Instead of being that child that goes in a shop and screams for sweets because it doesn't have enough attention she quietly shuts up and stares and gets a bit angry but it's not about the people involved it's about something else she's keeping to herself so it starts off like that but within about an hour of us adventuring and having fun she comes out of her shell and has a fantastic day and we put up I record videos of her and my girlfriend sliding down a child's slide. These two girls, like several times too big for the slide, going down a swirly slide with like two to six year olds chuckling like idiots. So we have a nice day out. You see all these animals get put into pictures of them all. And then we spend the next few days baking cheesecakes and I teach her how to make some of my favourite recipes and um, then we go see Lego Batman on Friday my second time her first viewing we both equally laugh and love it as much as we I did the first time and you know it seems like the Lego movies can do no wrong unlike the Lego TV series or, or straight to DVD movies that work like that this is due to great writing and, and good star power, obviously. But so she goes and goes home. She goes back to a place that isn't, you know, perfect. And I feel sad again. Not because I'm lost, but because I feel like she deserves better from me and her mother. This isn't to go into a mother and father hatey stuff, you know. I have nothing but respect for her having to bring her up. I would have loved to have done it myself. I really would have. The opportunity wasn't there, but what can you do? It's a good week. Even with the expo. Even with the stress and the long hours and all sorts of things going on even with having to go outside in the sun and see other human beings but it was one of the best weeks I've had in a very long time probably too long I've had too much to drink and I'm going to go to bed now. This is a weird podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose I've spent a lot of time buying DVDs and films and DVDs. I've said DVDs twice, didn't I? Blu-ray DVDs. And console games for all the consoles we own. I managed to, while I was in Brighton on the way back from dropping her off at her mother's, find a store with some Sega Saturn games and Dreamcast games and I bought them as well. Not all of them, I mean, a couple of them for each console. And ukulele, which I'll talk about next time I get the chance. But uh, I think it's been a long and weirdly rambly show or thing, whatever this is. So I'll leave you. 
like I say, finish my drink and go to bed. But next time I will talk about those games and films that we've been digging up. We spent time playing Ukulele and Breath of the Wild and more Overwatch after the update this week and watching a girl walk alone at night um, and a couple of other things. So I do want to talk about those things. And I do want to talk with other people if anybody out there wants to talk with me and Bob on the show. I know this is a weird show, like I said. But um, feel free to hit me up at sibutsu at gmail.com or uh, sibutsu on Twitter. S-E-I-I-B-U-T-S-U That's S-E-I-I-B-U-T-S-U I know it's a weird sounding name. Write it down, it looks even weirder. It means something. I haven't really talked about what it means or why I use it. But uh, yes, hit me up there on email or Twitter. And if you feel like chatting with me about something, then go ahead. We can, we can arrange something. I'm free almost all the time, except for when I'm giving my soul to the evil corporation I work for. But uh, yeah. Sing you to sleep now, I suppose. Sing me to sleep. Sing me to sleep. I'm tired and I want to go to bed.